Hello, I'm Brian Mastroianni, and welcome back to Resolve Talks, the podcast from Resolve Global Health, where we speak with experts from a wide range of industries about what is holding us back from building healthier societies around the world. Today's guest is someone who has taken her personal experiences living with a chronic illness and created a platform for others to share their stories and build community. Nidika Chopra is a U.S.-based chronic illness advocate, talk show host, social media influencer, and founder and CEO of Chronicon, an organization marked by an annual summit, which serves as a hub for the more than 133 million Americans who live with a chronic illness. Nidika's health journey started at just the age of 10, when she was first diagnosed with plaque psoriasis, and then diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis at age 19. Psoriasis is an inflammatory autoimmune disease, with plaque psoriasis being the most common type. It causes itchy, raised skin plaques covered in white scales. It's a lifelong chronic condition, and a psoriasis flare can be greatly disruptive for a person's day-to-day. This condition touches all walks of life all over the world. The World Psoriasis Day Consortium reveals that 125 million people around the world, which is about 2 to 3% of the global population, currently live with this condition. Today, Nidika is using her platform to not just raise awareness, but to give others like her a chance to tell their stories. She's the face of Clear Understanding, an awareness campaign from Bristol Myers Squibb that features people living with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are sharing what it is like to live with this chronic illness. What can we, as a collective global health community, do to better address psoriasis and other chronic conditions? How can we better combat stigma and raise awareness? And how can we work together to build healthier societies around the world and shed a spotlight on those who live with chronic illnesses like psoriasis each and every day? Nidika Chopra, thank you so much for taking the time. It's so great to have you here today. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm excited to chat with you. Oh, perfect. And I think our listeners will so appreciate learning more about your story and, and your advocacy. I, I guess just to jump in, for our listeners um, who might not be familiar, uh, 2015 review from the Journal of Pediatric Drugs states that about 30 to 50% of adults who develop psoriasis usually develop it before they turn 20. And in your instance, you were very young. You were only 10 years old when you received your official diagnosis. Nitika, for you, what was that experience like to get this diagnosis at such a young age? Was that disruptive for you as a child? Was that difficult? What was that experience like? Yeah, it was incredibly disruptive. I remember initially I had one small spot on like my left arm and, you know, my mom and I didn't really think that much about it. We thought, you know, maybe it was something I could put cream on and it would just kind of go away. She had had dry skin throughout her life on and off. So we kind of didn't think too much about it, but then we did end up having to go to the dermatologist and just get it checked out. And they did a biopsy to confirm exactly what it was. And yeah, we found out that it was plaque psoriasis. And so I've had moderate to severe plaque psoriasis for many decades now. And um, it was very jarring because although it's often looked at as like just a skin disease or people might not realize 
the severity and how severe it can get to be, um, it definitely dictated so much of what I was able to do. Like I had to quit soccer, which I really loved. I remember even simple things like wearing dark clothes, you know, sitting on a couch at a friend's place that was black that, you know, my flakes and my skin would sort of shed on. There's things like that that I think people just don't realize um, that were kind of happening all the time. So it, it was really challenging and really jarring for me. And when you're talking about those changes to your skin and, and even just the act of that flaking that you were mentioning, did you deal with a lot of stigma? Because I feel for a lot of children, obviously, when you're in those adolescent years, that's difficult enough as it is. And now you're dealing with this health concern, this chronic issue that that emerged at age 10 and then carried through your life. What was that like to deal with, with stigma, especially when you were just a teenager and a, and a child? Yeah, you know, it was really hard, as you mentioned, like just being a kid in general, having like no things that are I... different than other kids around you is already so challenging. And then I had this, you know, condition that I was dealing with. And for me, it was very, very visible. So pretty soon after my diagnosis, I got psoriasis from the tip of my foot to the tip of my head. So I would walk around school and kids would tease me. They would bully me. Um, they would really call out what I was going through. It wasn't something that I could hide. So yeah, it was, it was, I was riddled with stigma. I didn't know what mm. that was at the time. I just thought, you know, it was so hard and it was so challenging, but it definitely was something that was prevalent in my whole childhood growing up. Oh, wow. I can imagine. Were there any adults who were helpful for you during that time when you were dealing with all of this? You know, my mom has always been like my best friend and she was always, you know, she was my caretaker from the very, very start. Um, I will say she was probably the best, the best of them. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times, and I know, you know, I've talked about this in different, different ways, but a lot of times people didn't realize that psoriasis is not just a skin disease. It's so much more than that. So I think um, my mom was able to see it and really saw it firsthand. So she was able to treat me a bit differently, but a lot of other people didn't really get that. And so they didn't have, I think, the kind of empathy that I really needed at the time. Mm. And I, I feel when you're discussing that lack of empathy, sometimes from people uh, in a past interview, we spoke with Jenna Reese, she's a endometriosis advocate, and she was discussing some of the challenges she faced with her chronic condition, just navigating the healthcare system and maybe not finding the support she needed or, or receiving misdiagnoses or, or having doctors who maybe just didn't listen to her when she's describing what was going on with her health. Yeah. And I was curious for you, um, with not just plaque psoriasis, but then of course you also are living with psoriatic arthritis. Was that also a challenge to navigate maybe advocating for yourself and trying to receive answers to questions and maybe not necessarily being heard or, or getting the response that you needed as a, as a patient. Yeah, I think, you know, especially with the psoriasis, I think one of the biggest things, which I kind of touched on is just that like people would constantly treat me as if it's just a skin condition. And I say that in quotes for those of you listening, because 
Um, it really, it really could not be further from the truth. It's an autoimmune disease. And as I said, it covered, you know, most of my body. So it was incredibly challenging to live with. And I think, um, yeah, that was really lacking for a lot of people. They didn't really understand that. And uh, it was challenging with doctors and stuff too, even though they knew, you know, in mm. intellectually that obviously it's not just a skin condition. I was often not treated like they remembered that, I guess is what I would say. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel that unfortunately is such a common experience for so many people who are dealing with chronic issues. Uh, I feel that's something we've heard a lot on this podcast and just I've heard as uh, just from people I know and friends who've dealt with health issues in their lives. And when you were mentioning that it's not just a skin condition or people maybe have this, this misconception that that's all it is and there's no other effect on your life. I know you've also been vocal about uh, depression and, and feelings of uh, how it's affected your mental health and, and maybe uh, how you just go about your day and navigate through the world. I can imagine uh, the fact that this touches on every aspect of your life that can be really challenging. Did you have go-tos or, or support systems or or outlets that you went to to seek support when you're dealing with all this, especially early on when you're still learning how to live with this condition? Yeah, I would say outside, you know, my relationship with my mom, I would say I really focused on like having a few really close friends that allow me to be my full self and really embraced what I was going through didn't try to change me, didn't try to tell mm. me it needs to be different, you know, and also didn't try to diminish it as well. So I would say having that core group is really important. And of course, it's nice, you know, you might see people online, like with 20 friends, and <laughs> such a huge group. Mm -hmm. It's like, you only really need those two or three people that really, really get you. And I think having those important relationships is really, really helpful. So I definitely had that growing mm -hmm. up. And I noticed your mom appears on your Instagram. So it seems like I can see the, the closeness in the relationship there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I know uh, you have such a big following. You've built such a platform for yourself over the past couple of years, right? I would say maybe the past decade or so, you've really built this, this community of people online and elsewhere. I saw your 44,000 plus Instagram followers and so on. Uh, why is it important for you to uh, take that platform and now be part of this clear understanding campaign? And why is it important for you to use your platform to raise awareness about psoriasis? Yeah, I love this question because I I'm so passionate about being part of the clear understanding campaign. I say that so sincerely because I, as, as we talked about already, I felt so alone for so much of my life with living with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. I really just felt like I was the only person. And to think now I get to be a part of something where someone else like listening to this or someone who's out there who feels like, are they the only one going through this thing that's really challenging, that's causing them a lot of heartache they can go to clear-understanding.com and see my story and other people's stories and know that they're not alone. And to me, that is just the coolest thing. And I'm really proud of it, honestly. So that is why I'm so excited to be a part of the campaign. And then just in terms of you know using my voice or creating the platform as often as possible to share this message, I know that there are so many people out there who are dealing with this condition 
And as I said, just feeling like so isolated from it. And that kind of isolation, it really becomes debilitating in such a way. You know, it makes you, as I said, when I was younger, I felt like, you know, I didn't feel as confident. I was nervous. I, it was hard to make friends, all of these things. People don't always realize that it kind of goes to all of these different aspects of your life. It's not just about your physical, you know, the physical aspect of your life. And we'll talk about Chronicon in, in a second, but just hearing you discuss that, I, I can imagine it's really impactful and powerful for you to have people come to you and share their stories as well and relate to you in, in that way. What is that experience like? Because I can imagine whether it's social media or through campaigns like Clear Understanding or all the different projects that you're a part of, you probably are hearing from people all the time who are sharing their stories with you. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly like kind of surreal. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think I didn't start talking mm -hmm. about it for that purpose, like to get that reflection back. But I think if anything, you know, um, it just makes me want to like keep going. Anytime I'm human, just like everyone else. So anytime I'm having a lower day, or I'm in a flare or something, I'm just like, Oh, okay, like this person yesterday, I was at a wedding and someone came up to me and said that, you know, the work that we're doing really mm -hmm. has had an impact on them. And it's like, okay, cool. Awesome. That's going <laughs> to feel me for my week. And then the next time, and then the next time. So it's really, I just, I don't take it for granted. I really, really appreciate it so much. And I feel that, well, that feeds directly into Chronicon. For our listeners who might not know, it's this hub basically for other people with chronic conditions that you founded and you are the CEO of. Where did that idea come from, Nidika? What, why did you feel it was important to create this community, this platform for other people? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> I do think that, you know, that loneliness, I think people, you know, you, you read about loneliness and all these different things, I feel like in articles and, you know, throughout the last few years, especially people have been talking about loneliness more, but I went through that at such a young age and it really, there wasn't like social media around, mm. you know, I wasn't so plugged in. And I really did believe on such a deep level that I was the only one that was going through what I was going through. And then of course, after a little bit of research, <laughs> I realized that that could not have been further from the truth. And it opened my heart and my mind to seeing that, you know, if I could help even one person to know that there's this whole world out there, there's this whole, you know, life that they can create, there's so much possibility that they can walk towards, that they don't have to do it by themselves. If I could help even one person do that, it would have made all of the pain and all of the challenges that I've been through worth it, honestly. Um, because I really don't believe that our suffering is just for us to suffer. I really believe that it's for so much more than that. And then if we can turn it into a part of our purpose, then it's, it's an incredible thing. Mm. So oh, I can imagine, uh, and, and as you were saying, especially now in this world that's been transformed by the pandemic that we all live through, people need community more than ever now. Yeah. People really need community. And I think you know, there has to be a way for us to really connect in that community, mm -hmm. right? So there's lots of places where people gather online that isn't novel, so to like so much, but it's like, okay, what are they connecting about? Are they connecting to further something positive? Are they connecting to uplift each other, um, support each other? That's what we're really looking to do here. And 
Nitika, many of our followers are policymakers, they're, they're leaders in global health and public health. But I feel, and this comes up so often in our other interviews for this podcast, there's a sense of sometimes losing the personal when it comes to policy and losing just how policy can impact people's lives outside of the abstract. And I know your success with Chronicon, it shows how impactful it can be to hear from people and hear their stories and give them a platform to be advocates for themselves. And do you have any words of advice for those who might be listening, who maybe are in those leadership roles in, in healthcare and in public health about what they can learn from advocates like yourself and the people who you meet through Chronicon? Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. I think, you know, I really believe like the most important policies need to be rooted in compassion. And I know that that's, you know, maybe not something that um, people think of when they think of policy, but if you really want to create something that's going to help me as the patient, you really need to understand what are my challenges. And even as the founder of Chronicon, I have had to learn so much. I'm only one person with specific conditions. I don't have every mm. single life experience out there, right? So I think that understanding people is really the core to any kind of change that we want to make. Why would you sort of say, oh, we're going to change this one thing, but it's nowhere close to the thing that I even need help with. Like, I'm not even worrying about that thing, but you're focusing on it so much, right? It just doesn't make sense. So if you actually want to help me, then I need you to understand me. And I mean, not, you know, pun intended, right? The clear understanding mm -hmm. campaign is such a great example of that, honestly, because it does tell our real stories, which I think is such a great resource for people. Um, but yeah, I don't think that people should be out there trying to make change and not understanding us as like the baseline. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So having that empathy and, and level of understanding, that's really the key. I think so. I think so. And, and I, and I think it's also incredibly humbling, right? And, and I mean that in like the best way, as I said, even as a founder of myself, I'm always learning. I had, there's so many things I had no idea about because I haven't had that experience at a doctor's office or I didn't have mm. a, you know, loved one say that thing to me, or I didn't have an issue with, you know, that specific um, part of my body or that specific type of illness. So understanding those things just takes everything to a deeper level and the change actually makes an impact, which I hope is what we all want to try to do. And in, in terms of making impact through this community that you're talking about earlier, where would you like to see Chronicon in the future? If we had this conversation again, maybe five years from now, what would you like? Uh, I, I guess if you could fill in the blank, Chronicon will be what? what, what do you want it to be? Well, to be very honest, I hope it's beyond my comprehension mm. right now, to be totally honest. I hope it's beyond my <laughs> yeah. wildest dreams. And I, I can't even tell you because it's like beyond what I can even imagine. But if I do try, um, I would say just to reach as many more people as possible. You know, we do reach lots of people every day through our app and through our um, live events. But I think there, you know, there are hundreds of millions of people out there who are dealing with chronic illnesses, millions of people out there with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. And I just know like the sky is the limit for the amount of people that we could hopefully help. And that is my hope, however we get there. And I, I was curious, Nitika, uh, what would 10 year old you think of all of this work that you've been doing? I think she would be in shock <laughs> in the best way. Right. Um, yeah, because she definitely 
you know, got the shock of her life when, when I found out that I had moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. And um, there is that moment, I think, when a lot of people get a diagnosis where you do feel like this part of you that you knew is no longer who you are or who you get to be. And I know for myself, I went through a lot of time feeling like I, I didn't know who I was and I didn't even know how to fully dream and be the person I always wanted to be with my conditions. So I think, you know, I think she would be proud to know that I did my best to figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and live a life beyond what I thought I was supposed to be living. Mm -hmm. And that just makes me think of this quote from you. I was reading an interview that you did with Marie Claire earlier this year, and you said, and this is a quote for our listeners, I think the more that we can celebrate chronic illness and shine a light, light on it, I really do think that inherently that is healing. Nitika, I was curious, in what ways can shining light on chronic illness be healing? And, and what would you like listeners who are hearing your story today to take away from, from what from what you've just been discussing and take away from why shining a light on a chronic illness like plaque psoriasis or, or other conditions that people might be dealing with who are listening to this podcast, what takeaway would you like them to have? Yeah, I mean, I just always felt when I was younger and I would sort of be encouraged to cover up my skin and hide the plaques that I was dealing with, it was perceived to be like to protect me, but inherently I always felt like I was hiding my true self. I was hiding what I was really going through. And to me, it is incredibly supportive and liberating to shine a light on what I'm going through, to shine a light on the truth of what's happening for me in order to feel like I can be my full truest self. It doesn't mean that it's always easy, mm -hmm. right? And like, we wanna be kind to ourselves and others as we do that. But I think that that has been one of the most supportive things that I've ever been able to do in my life. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, I feel shining a light is a good note to end on and, and a good call to action for our listeners as well with whatever, you know, obstacles they might be facing. And, you know, thank you again so much for joining us. And it was great chatting with you today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in and make sure to listen to past episodes of Resolve Tops on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can listen to our full first and second seasons. This is actually our final episode of the second season. So this is a perfect note to end on. And to learn more about Resolve Global Health and to read our articles and special reports, head to our website, which is resolveglobalhealth.com, which is written out as re-solve globalhealth.com and join us next time as we continue to engage policy leaders, healthcare workers, advocates, and all of you in discussing how we can build healthier societies around the world together. And Nitika, again, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me, Brian.